Hello and welcome to the More Than Muscle podcast, wherever you are in the world. Uh, Nat, you were telling us earlier that we've actually got some international listeners now. We have, On our yeah. metrics, there we yeah, are. Yeah. More we Than have. Muscle, going global, Hello. absolutely love it. Hola. <laughs> uh, bonjour. Um, how many other languages? Konnichiwa. Yasu. Yeah. Yasu. <laughs> there we go. Uh, so, uh, this week we've got a very special episode. We're joined by Rachel Ann Hobbs over Zoom. Um, do you want to say hi, Rachel? Hello, thank you so much for inviting me. You are more than welcome. Do you want to tell us a little about uh, a little bit about what it is that you do as well? Yeah, absolutely. I came into the fitness industry about probably nearly 15 years ago as a, as a personal trainer, an exercise to music instructor. And then I went on to gain my degree in clinical dietetics. And now I practice as a dietitian and um, I'm just doing my psychotherapy training at the moment as well. Oh, fantastic. What, uh, so what sort of area of psychotherapy um, are you working in? What, what does that sort of entail at the moment? Uh, so basically I was just doing different like career professional development in different therapeutic modalities like CBT, inner mm-hmm. child therapy, tantra, um, somatic therapy. And then I just realized that actually I'd rather just get a grasp of the whole thing and learn it from a very, um, I guess, with a, a other group of people that are also along a similar journey. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's three years and I'm in um, year two at the moment. Amazing. Well, that sounds really, really cool. So you're, obviously you're working primarily in nutrition at the moment. I thought just to sort of like as a little icebreaker, let everyone get to know you a little bit. Uh, hit us with your dream meal, Rachel. Like if, if you could have anything you wanted slapped oh. down on a plate in front of you right now, what would you, what would you like? Well, not necessarily right now. Right now. Otherwise, it'll be, it might be breakfast food, obviously. We're recording this in the morning. But uh, yeah, anything um, you want. Do you know what? I probably wouldn't go with one specific meal, but like I'm a massive potato fan. Satiety index. Any 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 type of potato based meal, like it could be an addition, it could be the main part of the mm-hmm. meal. I just feel like they're really they're really versatile, and yeah. they would probably be my go to. Okay, if, if I'm going to ask you, well, fine, I'm gonna I'm gonna really pin down on this of, of what is potato in its best form. Are we going dauphinoise? <laughs> Chips. No, oh. uh, no. I reckon that little cube potatoes that are like nicely fried. Yes. Oh, nice. Bit Spun of, me. Bit of salt, salt, <laughs> bit of, bit of salt, rosemary yeah. in there. Oh, <laughs> delicious. No, to be fair, that's fantastic. That, fantastic I'm choice. So hungry. Just potatoes. <laughs> I know. Me too. I've, I didn't have my two thousand calorie breakfast this morning. Now. Damn um, it. Uh, yeah, my, my notorious does mixing anyone, bowl of porridge. Does, does anyone not like chips? Chips are like. To be fair, like if we're going versatility, mm. yeah. <laughs> um, any yeah. big wins this uh, this week, guys? As well, just any anything. It can be personal. It can be to do with your clients. Uh, Rachel, why don't you kick us off? Uh, sorry, could you repeat the question? Sorry. Um, <laughs> any big wins with your clients? Anyone that you've been working with, or it can be a personal win as well. Just some something positive to kick Ooh, us off. Big wins. Uh, see, because actually, I'm heading into maternity leave now, so I've actually closed my private practice as of last week. So I haven't actually seen any clients this week. Well, that's a win. But I'm anyway. getting around <laughs> to doing all the podcasts that I promised people that I would do from like probably like a year ago. Because you know, when you're when you say to someone, "Oh, do you know what? Work quiet and down next month." Like we book it in, and mm-hmm. then work never quiet and down. Like so, in the yes. next couple of weeks, I've like booked everyone in. Amazing. Excellent. Nat, what about you? Uh, big wins. I don't know for myself. <laughs> um, clients. Oh, I know a big win. I'm actually off to Edinburgh this yeah. <laughs> this evening. Happy days. That's I, a nice I, win. I know you both are because I'm covering all your clients tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> you just stole my big win. 
<laughs> that could be your big win too. Nothing for you. No, Down I, in tools and being able to go away is my big win today. Happy days. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Um, me, I, I won a basketball game last night by 27 points, so that mm. was a nice, comfortable win. Well, I did take a massive elbow in the face, so my teeth and was. nose are in, in quite quite a bit of pain right now. I wondered now, what that was. What? Just <laughs> 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 this. Right, okay. Uh, let's get into it then. So, Rachel, you deal with a lot of people with, uh, you've described as chaotic and disordered eating before. Um, and a lot of that is obviously to do with uh, psychological stigma that you can potentially have around food. Um, so, what are some of the ways that potentially you can start to address that? Because obviously, giving people information isn't always uh, the best approach to actually improving these sorts of things. So, do you want to take us a little bit through your, your processes that you can use sometimes? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, uh, the majority of my work would be working with individuals that are experiencing some sort of chaotic eating behaviour. So whether that is binge eating, whether they're experiencing emotional eating that causes distress or a lot of restriction or obsessive calorie counting, whatever that might look like. Um, so the first thing that we would try and do is do something called a formulation. Mm-hmm. And that basically means that we're looking at what are those eating behaviours that are causing distress? And what we describe as what what's maintaining that? What are the maintaining mechanisms? And that could be anything from if they're in active calorie deficit or they're restricting their food intake a lot. We know that there can be some neurobiological changes that happen within the brain that could be almost compounding and maintaining those restrictive behaviours. Or it could be that they have certain beliefs around I should be in a size eight body or I should be mm. X percent body fat. And just looking at where they those beliefs come from and um, then creating what we'd call like a just a guideline treatment protocol to, to move forwards from there. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, I, I was just wondering as well, you mentioning different eating disorders and people talking about lots of restriction. Um, how, do you start dealing with more, more orthorexia these days? I think because you have an awful lot of attention on you know what's good for you what's not good for you it's in the press so much uh, all over social media so I'm wondering have you seen any sort of increase in that side of things um, in the last few years I think that's a great question so I actually take a non-pathologizing approach so it's um, like not being non-diagnostic so I would never aim to treat a disorder Mm -hmm. I would always work with an individual as a whole person and look at what their symptoms are because all these um what we would describe as eating disorders, they're all in the DSM-5, which is a psychiatric manual used to diagnose. And you basically have to fit exactly into these symptoms to be able to get a diagnosis. And some people find that really useful because um, it it supports them to know that, that it's an illness and there's a way out of it. But for other people, if they don't quite fit into a diagnosis, they don't get access to support, they feel like they're not as deserving of of support. But just going back to your question, I do feel like there's probably, and especially as we have more emphasis within like the fitness industry and we're growing as an industry, about, um, yeah, this desire and this deep desire to be healthy and health as a moral value as well. So you would see a lot more individuals that are, you know, very obsessively calorie counting or trying to hit their macros or protein intake and have very strong views around things like gluten or maybe dairy that we wouldn't have seen perhaps 20 years ago. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I don't know if, 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 if you guys have seen that with your clients as well, yeah. uh, their approach to training as well as diet. Obviously. Yeah. yeah, I think it, yeah, it, it exactly the same with training. 
as well and and people's nutrition yeah i think i think even just society in general not just training and stuff people's opinions and way more voiced and so then what you absorb from everybody is changing because you're seeing loads and loads of voice from everyone or hearing loads and loads of voice from everyone whereas before you might have had to have gone and searched for that Mm. So there's a lot of mixed messaging going along. Yeah, I, I, th- I think a lot of fitness professionals are suffering from something a little bit recently, which it feels to me like we're no longer seen as as much of an authority anymore, largely because of the sheer amount of information that is peddled yeah. by a lot of people online. So therefore, I know I, I experience I get a lot of lot of questions because I've heard X and Y yes. online. Mm. So then they question what what it is you're telling them. I don't know if you experience that a lot uh, as well, Rachel, with with people that come to see you. Yeah, I definitely think we've got a theory in terms of where we get some of our beliefs from in in terms of the psychodynamic theory and that they come from our like authority figures, like both in childhood and through our development. And, you know, we, we all have access to social media and there's influences that we do subconsciously deem as authority. So if you know, they're telling us to eat this or they're pushing this supplement, mm. we're much more inclined to believe them because mm. we feel like even if we don't, even if they have no qualifications, but because they have a platform, because they have an audience, then we ask you to think, you know, these, these people must be right. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah. I think so. social following is is the last form of validation that people need to take as gospel. Like, you, there are so many things you should have before you start to look at that as a as an indicator that someone is an expert in their field. Mm. Um, but it's the modern world we live in, I suppose. And I, I guess that leads me on to my next question for you, Rachel, which is: What are some of the more common misconceptions that you're potentially uh, bought by people that you work with as well? So I would definitely probably say it's those extreme views, like the, you know, the black and white um, areas are very, you know, they're fun to get those fast fixes are fun, those transformations, they sell. And then the other side of the, the scale, we've kind of got like the fat positive side of things. And they're, they're, they're both really exciting. Whereas I think the majority of people, if you were look, gonna look at it in like an upturned view, would probably fit in the grey area in between those mm-hmm. and that's what would probably best meet their needs. Mm-hmm. But it's, you know, it's really difficult to sell something that's going to take a couple of years to either improve your relationship with food or achieve the physique that you're after. Mm. And I think, you know, it's very easy to be like, I'll just try this juice diet or I'll just do mm-hmm. this quick fix. And then if that doesn't work, I'll try something else and we just get caught in this cycle. Um, so I think yeah. those are, that's probably the biggest thing. This 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 black and white thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like you always get you get people who want change. So then it's those people that you're speaking about. It's like, what's the quick fix to give me the quick change? And then you've got the yeah. other side of the camp where you've got people that have made change and they've done all the little elements that you should be doing to like make the lifestyle choices, whether it's training, nutrition, whatever it is, and you're living it and. It's just trying to make them see that it's not a quick fix, but we're always going to fight against that because, you know, sex sells. It's, it's sexy to do that. Yeah, and yeah. also I think when people start with, they want to start with um, looking into their nutrition or maybe starting exercise, they kind of think in their self, I know it's going to be really hard work <laughs> and I know I'm going to have to put everything into this. When you you don't actually it mm. doesn't have to consume your whole life like it's an element of it but i just think people all, always think that 
I think, uh, especially today with the whole now, now, now thing, I mean, you look at all areas of your life, not just fitness. So, I mean, mm. we had Amazon Prime come along and be like, oh, you can get a next day delivery. And then we've got, that wasn't enough. We need Amazon Prime now. So I need yeah. it in six hours. Like mm. our patience for things is oh, just yeah. waning so badly. And I think that's really transferring over to health and fitness as yeah. well. There's something really like valuable though about waiting and having to wait for something and taking the journey and learning it and I guess that like with your clients as well Rach you you want to teach them about what's going on rather than just saying do this eat this see you later mm -hmm. it's it's more of a journey and discovering about I guess where their behaviors have come from mm -hmm. yeah yeah absolutely but there's a quote isn't there about something about climbing a mountain versus being put on top of a mountain yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I can't remember it exactly <laughs> it's pretty much what you said basically but yeah, I can't remember it. I, re I, re I, re I reckon you should have made something up, Rachel, and claimed it as holistic yeah. wisdom. <laughs> we, would have, we would have bought it <laughs> in a heartbeat. Um, so, so to move it on a little bit, um, uh, Rachel, congratulations. I hear you've got, you've got a baby on the way. Are you, how far along are you at the moment? Um, so full term is in about four weeks. Amazing. Woo! <laughs> stuff. Well, congratulations on that. But um, well, I, was, I was really curious to ask whether... Um, you've worked with people whether they're pre-postnatal pre um, and sort of how you work with that whether there are any areas of nutrition which you potentially think they neglect because I'm aware it's obviously a completely different animal you know when you're feeding yourself and something growing inside you absolutely so I think I would primarily work with someone like pre-conception mm -hmm. so individuals that are maybe struggling with like functional hypothalamic amenorrhea um, due to just being in low energy availability and trying to get them into a place where their body is ready to conceive, um, which would predominantly be around just ensuring that energy balance is acceptable and we're in an energy surplus to allow the body to start having a regular menstrual cycle and ovulating. Mm -hmm. um, and then during pregnancy, I think probably the primary thing that people seem to be um, concerned about is, is whether they're getting it right. And I think sometimes the stress of that actually has a bigger impact yeah. on them than actually if they were feeling okay to relax their diet a bit because I really feel like we've moved on from the whole eating for two thing mm -hmm. I think that a lot of people now recognize that actually we don't need to consume a huge amount more energy yeah. until the yeah. kind of the second third trimester if we're active and then I think postnatally the main thing that people were concerned about and again I think there is a great movement and this is why social media is great in that we're not now there's no there's there's not as much pressure to bounce back we're kind of pulling away from that and actually the most important thing now is to that we do nourish ourselves especially especially if we're breastfeeding and that we're the main focus is on you know recovering from carrying a baby for nine months going through yeah. a labor yeah. and the fact that you're not going to be sleeping for a lot for a long time mm -hmm. yeah 100 yeah. percent. i do definitely think that that has i mean it's starting to move on and i know when you look on social media you can you can see that it's starting to move on from expecting people to just snap back and I remember I like the other day I saw an old magazine article and I think it was like in the it must have been from like 10 years ago um and it was about um pregnancy and post-pregnancy and people snapping back and, and I was like 
whoa, I can't believe that that was allowed yeah. on the on the front cover. And it's it's so shocking. And you think that wasn't actually that long ago. Like that's the kind of magazines that mm. we were growing up with. <laughs> like that's Absolutely. awful. I mean, look, look, looking on something like I, I remember, I was on Amazon Prime the other day. Like, the, I feel like I'm doing an Amazon advert. Yeah. <laughs> you're working for I promise you, they're not paying me for this. Um, yeah, no, I was, I was, I was on the, the streaming service, and they had um, what was it, the super size versus super skinny? Oh, and I it's, know. it's some of it's actually revolting, and they, you know, that the way, like, where they put put out like the week's worth of eating in front yes. of them. And it's just like to make oh them really guilt shame them on national TV yeah. as well, obviously yeah, yeah. as well. And you just look at something like that, you see like the, like the just the their eyes when they're up there yeah. being effectively scolded. It's it's really just it baffles me that that was allowed on TV. It's really. mad, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I think it's a good it's it's good that we now feel uncomfortable like watching that that we recognise that that is so bizarre to mm. actually put out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, there were some other ridiculous ones. I think there was there was the Biggest Loser. That was a thing. Yeah, yeah that a while was a back, thing yeah. as well. Talking about how quickly you can lose weight, and we bang on about so much about how you've got to do it sustainably, yeah. make good habits for future life, retain muscle mass, <laughs> all that good stuff. Um, when you when you're talking to uh, clients as well, Rachel, how much of a struggle do you find it is to sort of talk about it being a process and trying to almost like slow people down? Because I think that's something that we as trainers. Um, uh, obviously all all experience quite mm. a lot as well yeah absolutely i think the most important thing is just to make them realize that they these behaviors didn't just happen overnight mm. and they're not going to just change overnight and it's just about giving yourself that like gentle compassion that you would give someone else yeah. and i yeah. think we can be quite mean to ourselves along these journeys so yeah just getting them to realize that this this is not going to change overnight and, and to have more realistic expectations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I guess like one of the biggest problems I've had in my career is most people severely undereat when they come to you and you've almost got to kind of reverse engineer them out of it because it's not a case of just saying to them, you need to eat more because they've got all of these deep belief systems that they've got and reasons why they're doing it. But then also you find that there's a trail of other therapists, coaches that they've gone around and it's not worked for those therapists and those therapists are actually really good. So the question I have to you is at what point do you go, this is the demographic I work with, are they going to listen to me? Is it the right fit for me to actually help them? What kind of things do you do to vet that out? So I always have an initial consultation and I think the most important thing is the the relationship that you have with your client Mm -hmm. i think you can have obviously the qualifications are you need you need them to work with certain aspects but to be able to form that trusting like congruent bond Mm -hmm. with a client it has to you have to have a rapport it has to work both ways and there are some clients that i've had and after a couple of sessions i brought into session look i don't really feel like we're building a rapport here yeah and i think you've got to be honest because you know you you might not be the person but the next person that they do go to might be the one that is really able to support them in the way that they need yeah Yeah. and at the end of the day that's the most important thing yeah yeah Yeah. talking about your your process as well rachel um i remember just just initially off cam we were talking about uh you were talking about the benefits of different approaches at different points in your life, and obviously that's crucial, you know, whether it be pregnancy, just as you age, 
your training obviously uh, adapts as you get older. But you mentioned you teach some about food, body, and media literacy. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about what what that is, what that involves? Yeah, of course. So when we're referring to, say, for example, food literacy, mm -hmm. that's what I think most people would be familiar with. So that's educating about things like your macronutrients, your energy values in food, as well as things like sustainability, cooking and mm. about food systems. So where our food comes from, how it gets to, you know, plate, those type of things and just educating about that. And then when we're talking about body literacy, we're talking about how well are we able to read our bodies? So are we able to tune in and tell when they're hungry? And then when we are, are we able to, for example, say we're able to recognize when we're tired, are we able to meet that need and give ourselves a break or have a nap? Or are we actually just drinking more coffee to try and push through and be able to kind of listen to what our body needs? So from a nutrition point, that would be, for example, um, if I have a hot meal at lunch, do I feel energized afterwards or do I feel a bit snoozy? Mm -hmm. Or like what, what meals make me feel like I've got the most vitality? Yeah. So we start to tune in to our bodies. Yeah. And then when it comes to media literacy, that's just about learning to read the media that we're, we're shown so that we can make more informed choices. So that we start to learn actually all this media is trying to sell us something, you know, and that might be just to set that they might just want our attention, even on social media. There's always there's always going to be some sort of ulterior motive from an individual. And, and we just have to learn to read it, I think, because, you know, we can all put filters on even from an individual perspective, but from a more advertisement perspective, like how has this individual been posed? Like what's the lighting that they've been used? What's the intention of this advert? Mm. You know, yeah. is it trying to make me feel bad so I buy something? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, no, the, the major thing that is so nice about having you on this podcast is listening to you speak about this stuff because you know, I know you're, you're really aware of the fitness industry. You've been in it for such a long time. It's like you hear coaches talk about being an expert in nutrition and it's like, like I'll just slam you some macros or a meal plan or whatever. And it's like if you're really serious about getting a hold of your nutrition, people need to speak to people like you because mm -hmm. just like we preach about training, you, you've got to have the right mentality, you've got to want it, you've got to do all of those things to learn the literacy behind it and actually applying it. It's the same for your nutrition. And it, that's why it's really cool to hear you speak about it like that because most people's perception of nutrition is like, well, how much do I eat and uh, what time shall I eat it? And that's it. Mm. Time for a game, I think. Ooh. Brighten things up. Uh, since we've got Rachel here, I thought we would do a nutrition spin on a game we played, I think in episode three, I want to say. I think this was Mythbusters, where mm -hmm. we played uh, Headline or Fake Line. And basically what this involves is I've rounded up, or have I, uh, <laughs> some headlines uh, that were, were, were published in uh, the Great British uh, newspapers, um, various sources, sometimes online, um, and I may, maybe I've thrown in a few of, of my own. Maybe they're all my own. Maybe I've made them all up. And I'm going to go around and I want you guys to come to a unanimous decision. Or, you know, it can just be a majority. Mm -hmm. It's a nice thing about having three people to vote now, Rachel. Yes. Uh, you guys... <laughs> we don't agree. Can give, give the take on whether you think it was actually published in a UK news outlet or whether I made it up. Yeah? Okay. okay. So, first one. This is, this, is, this is quite a shocking one. So, um, first headline... 
Putting fear of death into people could be the best way to get them to diet and exercise. Thoughts? Thoughts? I feel like... True. I really hope it's not, but I feel like That's that is true. a head... That could be a headline. You, think, you don't think that would be too controversial? No. No? No, Rachel, Rachel I mean, they did have... I, they did have, like, um, anti-obesity campaigns that had very similar, like... Stuff. Advertisements yeah. or... or Catchline, so I, I hate it, but I would say it's pretty true. Mm-hmm. No? Yeah, I think true. it's yeah. true. We've got a clean, clean sweep, you all think it's true. Yeah. Sadly, it is true. Oh. Oh. Yeah, but what was the media outlet? That's it's what true. Uh, ha- any guesses of where that was that was published? Daily, Daily Mail. Obviously. Daily Mail. Yeah. Bravo. Oh. <laughs> Those bastards. Oh, my yeah. God. Putting fear of death into people. That's, that's just lovely, isn't it? Mm. Um, yeah, we're talking about healthy motivations. I think we had a discussion about this the other day. It's just like, yeah, the fear of death shouldn't yeah, be a... nothing like that <laughs> That really motivates me. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, terrible. But anyway, we'll move on to the next one. Uh, next headline. Uh, lose a stone in a week with these five simple diet substitutes. What are, what are our thoughts? Rachel? I mean... The media will so anything. A stone in a week, though. Stone in a week is a bit excessive, though. Do we think that's excessive? I again. Completely empty your bowels. (laughs) (laughs) Been there. (laughs) Is is, is it sit in a sauna for a week and you have like a prune? Yeah, (laughs) drinking skinny tea. No, you know what? No, I'm going to say it's false because I think that is a bit far reaching. It's a bit far reaching. Yeah. Really? I reckon something along those lines, but not a stone. Not a stone. What what were the five? What were the five substances? Well, I'm not telling you that. No, that's, 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 it, I, give, I give you a headline. You fake I, don't, I, don't, I don't read the entire article. I think it's fake. You all think it's we fake? We all think it's fake. Are you all getting good at this? It's it, Again, you got me. Yeah, yes. Bravo. Yes. I was called out. Bravo. Well done, everyone. <laughs> it, was, it was fake. Yeah, I didn't know if it, I, I thought a stone was mm. like. It's, it's something I reckon some places would claim. I, um, I reckon they would. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I, I think in a heartbeat, again, male. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I promise you if there are any more true ones they're not necessarily all going to be the male okay. I think we'd get bored so guys the next headline uh, workout guru famous for their abs details basic tips to burn fat basic tips I think guys. that's I think that's true hmm? yeah what? I would go with true Rational? I think it's false I feel like that's it's more it's not of a... too far-fetching it's a bit of a boring headline though I it feel... is a bit of a dark yeah I, I reckon I that's more... just like the workout guru's like, like Instagram post. That's more of a magazine thing. First of all, to call yourself a guru is, uh, I think it's just a bit of a... Yeah, I don't but know. I don't know. Nothing <laughs> surprises forth. me anymore. Yeah, I'm going no. Famous for their abs as well. Famous. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, 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 what are we going? Are we going false? false? I'm, going. Um, I'm going true. Uh, Rachel? You know what? I think I might go false, actually. False? Okay. Yeah, or, just because it's a bit boring. It is, yeah, it's it is, a bit it's, dead, it's, isn't it? It's not juicy enough for you. Yeah. Well, in which case, Nat, you're right. Oh, oh. Is wrong. We all know what magazines Nat will reads. Uh, we've, we've got to have a word with uh, with the editor of the Express on uh. that one. Yeah. Not, wow. For having really boring headlines to start yeah. with. Actually, um, I think I, now you say that, I think I saw that. Who yeah. was that? Now who was the guru? Who is famous for the hats? In all honesty, I, I can't. I remember I clicked on it. They're literally they're not a famous guru. They've got like you know, hundred k on Instagram, and that's it. Like it's just, they're, they're literally just your your run of the mill influencer. Um, 
slag, slagging off all instruments. Um, I'm really going to lose some friends on this podcast, aren't I? Um, Run of the mill. <laughs> Uh, you know, you're every day. Hi guys, just going live now. Um, <laughs> just going to wait for more people to jump on. Um, okay, anyway, anyway. Um, if you couldn't tell us and just stay. Um, right, okay. Next headline, guys. So, headline is How to quit sugar for good in just 14 days. That oh, I reckon like, that's true. That I think that's true. true. Quit sugar. So, for quitting sugar, surely that's just like fructose and lactose as well so yeah, like but this is the media yeah yeah you're, so you're quitting fruit you're quitting all forms Everything. of dairy like in 14 days you're just you're just cutting that all out I think that'll yeah 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 I think, sounds that's, I think that's actual I think that that's true Andy but then law of averages of what you've gone by it could be false mm. I'm going with true two trues Rachel where, where are you standing you don't have to you don't have to have herd mentality no, no, I'm going with true. Like okay. I've seen ones like that before. I was gonna say you can have bragging rights if you're right and they're wrong as well. But um, <laughs> oh, again, guys, you've got me. But yeah. bravo, yes. bravo. Media outlet? Any guesses? Any guesses? Mm, the Mail. Again. No, it wasn't the Sun. The no, sun. not the Sun. Not the Sun. Place no. the mag. We were we were in the, we were in the mirror this time. Oh, yeah, oh. exactly. Uh, let, letting us down again. Guys. I've even forgot the mirror existed. I forgot the mirror existed as well. But yeah, quit sugar. I'm not sure they entirely thought about all forms of sugar there, but um, you know that's how that's what sells, isn't it? Yeah. Um, okay, guys. Last headline. I thought we do. Um, bit of a bit of a racy one. This one. Uh, <laughs> I thought you said racist one. <laughs> <laughs> nutrition. Um, right. Okay. Headline is relight my fire. Colon. <laughs> uh, boost your sex drive with these foods. That's true. Oh, it's a bit of a take that reference to start off with. That's true. <laughs> I think. That's true. Just like I think tell. that's Max making that up. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, going by the song. I choice. think. I think, think that's a, false. You think I'm a hardcore take that? Fan? Yeah, man. Uh, no, I don't know about that. Uh, Rachel, are you that, are you, are you that creative? I don't know. No, you don't know, Max. Am I? That's that's a question. Yeah, we, we've got to spend some more time, Rachel. But uh, but yeah, that's that's the question. True or false? Um, do you want me to go with false? You're gonna go false, false. Um, false. No, true. I believe in your false crea- as well. Actually, false yeah, well. false. I believe in your creativity. You think I'm better than that? Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. I well, uh, I, I <laughs> it, it, it is it is false. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I made it up. I think that would sell. I think that would sell. I could, I'd bag that in a, in, a, in a men's health article, yeah. Max, it's a good job that you came to personal training. Rachel, since we've got you on the pod, are there are there any libido increasing foods? <laughs> well, I've tried. There is some research with like aphrodisiacs, like oysters and those type of yeah, things. No, How strong that. the science is, it's not an area of specialist interest. Interest, I have to be honest. Are you sure you won't be taking a course in it soon, though? <laughs> 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 I'm joking. I'm just saying she's, she's doing she's doing a lot of extra extra education. <laughs> People love that stuff, though, people don't do. they? Like, people, or, I swear that's why most people eat oysters. There like, probably is a course, though. That's you the could, thing. You could sell it. I, I bet you there is a course. Um, Tom, again, let's let's find that out. Yeah, Tom. Um, Tom's our stat man. <laughs> <laughs> Just delete your internet history once you've finished it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
back into our semi-serious discussions. <laughs> um, so, uh, Rachel, I was wondering, um, I think a, a very common thing that I think uh, Nat, Andy, myself always get is when people come in and they're talking about their diet, they're talking about regular struggles that they go through, the standard, and I think probably number one reason why they say they've struggled or not eaten well that week is work-life balance. They're struggling with uh, whatever may be going on with their career at the time, and I'm wondering how you would best sort of uh, recommend someone or what someone should do to work around that and to manage to you know improve their diet and try and eat as healthily as possible around you know having you know a 40 50 hour work week and kids at home and after school clubs and you know all that stuff yeah and i think it is a really valid struggle especially as we're going into um like post lockdown and everyone's juggling again um, so, so i i would always say some sort of flexible meal planning yes um is always like the way to start with just so and it doesn't have to be like on monday i have x for breakfast x for lunch and x for dinner but it could just be like these are the three breakfast options that i rotate and mm -hmm. on a monday I'll, I'll always do a fish dish you know and like some of my clients there's nothing wrong with having um like some high quality ready meals in the freezer yeah the days where you can't be bothered to cook because what's the alternative that you'll probably get a takeaway 100 and yeah. you know if you have to choose between a takeaway or a high quality ready meal and chuck in a bag of those microwave veg in the microwave yeah. you know one's going to be more nutrient dense than the other one mm -hmm. so i think it's you know people have this thing against convenience foods but that if we choose the right ones they are convenient for a reason yeah, um and when we're talking about convenience we're not just talking about like high fat high sugar yeah. you know even like frozen veg would, we would class as a convenient processed food because it's been through some sort of processing so not to you know it's again trying to stay clear of that all or nothing attitude that yeah. it has to be perfect or what's the point in doing it at all yeah, yeah. absolutely I, I think we have the idea as well that if we're going to do something we have to do it totally perfectly otherwise if if you don't do it, let's say for one meal, that's it, you've completely fallen off the bandwagon. Yeah, yeah. And I think we need to come away from that and that a diet or an exercise plan it isn't an all or nothing yeah. thing, it's, it's a process. And life happens. Yeah. Like, yeah, I've, I've always been like, there's no good and bad, there's just better choices to the scenario you're in and what you want to achieve from it. But I think it's all about making convenient habituals. Mm. And convenient is like the buzzword there because people try to create habituals that just don't fit their lifestyle or situation mm -hmm. or whatever and it's like it's that hill and mountain thing again that we're talking about mm -hmm. it just don't work again cons consistently good is better than inconsistently perfect like yeah. you yeah. just constantly making those good choices but it's interesting rachel when you when you brought that up it, it's made me curious and i've i've spoken to a lot of people about this um talking about processed foods uh, versus natural foods there's there's this perception that if it's natural it's good for you and I, I did a, a, a piss takey um, video on Instagram talking about cyanide being a naturally occurring chemical <laughs> um, so it's it's the case that you know when it comes to processed foods what is actually the trigger bad thing that you have this perception of in the media and what what is, are some useful things to potentially look out for when you're shopping around for like you say these high quality uh, ready meals yeah, so I would say the avoid things to avoid or the things to really limit are what we would class as like ultra processed foods that mm -hmm. have been through multiple processes and have had things added and taken away. So predominantly anything with like trans or hydrogenated fats in, which is where a, um, a fat is turned from a liquid to a solid. 
so that's for example margarines although they've improved loads lately and in, in the products that margarines are found in um but the things to look for are, are just your basics again like has it got fruit and veg in has it got a decent protein source is it got whole grains in it like just ticking off those very basic things and you know make you know if you need to buy fruit that's cut up because you'll actually eat it then that's fine that's and just cool. stop mm. from that yeah yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. So, um, I mean, talking about making these healthier choices as well, we did, a, we did a whole podcast on obesity and the sort of uh, epidemic it's causing in the UK and how it's massively on the rise, especially in um, people over 45. Um, so I was wondering, um, from your perspective, do you think there's any larger scale action that needs to be taken like, as, an, as a nation, um, as well as the individual side, but I'm thinking of, of, a, of a larger, larger scope um, principles that maybe you, you think should be introduced? Uh, to sort of start addressing that yeah so i'm not sure whether you're familiar are you familiar with like the obesity map uh i'm not no could you tell us about it yeah so i can send a link it's um i think it was on a couple of years ago now and it's basically of all the contributing factors that yeah. contribute to obesity so whereby a lot of the interventions over the last decade have been about actually let's get people into a calorie deficit we know that obesity is so much more complex than simply being, mm. you know, in this energy surplus. And it has so much more to take into account from things like whether we are breastfed to the walkability of our living environment to our GI signaling. And I think actually once people have a greater understanding of that, then there's less shame around it. And rather than pushing them to, you know, to diet and to lose weight and use that as an intervention, more so it's just about these health promoting behaviors. Because we also know that someone can be in a, uh, what we would perceive as a, a thin body or a healthy body and actually not be very healthy physiologically. If they're, mm. you know, if they're not sleeping, if they're very stressed, if they're living off energy drinks, their, their physical and mental and emotional health might be, uh, worse than someone that does have more body fat and is in a heavier body. Yeah. So I think actually just promoting health and health promoting behaviours to everyone would probably be a better intervention than just targeting individuals that are experiencing obesity. Yeah. Well, we were speaking this week about vulnerability in clients that need to do certain things, but because they feel vulnerable, they won't necessarily open up to you properly. So you can get inside them and do what you need to do. But yeah you're right at the end of the day it's not as simple as maths and that's the problem at the moment because that's all we're trying to do is go well all you need to do yeah, is just take 10% off your intake and blah blah yeah. blah yeah it's... we're all we're human beings it's, we're complicated yeah. and then that's a very it's very like simple maths and equations that people are just chucking at us and expecting to, mm. to kind of run I, with I find sometimes the maths thing works in the short period when someone's never done it before and you get them and you they've bought into the fact that it works but then once they've achieved it that's where the problem lies it's like they've not actually learned anything other than mm. what they learn and that's a big problem because yeah. it's like that big yeah. I, th I, th I think it works for people that are already in a in a fairly good physical and mental state already but then mm -hmm. as soon as you shift that away to like someone that's maybe got a lot of um, uh, mental health uh, yeah. uh, issues whether that it be because they're overweight um, underweight largely because you know they're, they're not getting the um, hormone balance from the foods that they're eating etc um, that's that's something which is just awful and it's just not it's not going to help you making you focus on those things I think the other problem with particularly with the fitness industry the diet industry and stuff is the fact that there's two camps there's the camp that's cottoned on to the energy balance stuff 
you know, there's the camp that's cottoned onto the hormonal signaling, you know, yeah. genetic kind yeah. of stuff. And both camps are trying to con you. And it's like, well, all you need is these supplements and your hormones will be all right. All you need to do is count this and you can be flexible. And it's like, well, it's not that simple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how do we get that message across is what I'm kind of asking you is, as a professional, is how would you get that across in a sexy way? Because if it's not in a sexy way, people won't listen to you kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> it's <That's> difficult. Unfortunately, <laughs> because it is like it's it's not sexy, is it? To no. to kind of take a little bit longer to learn to learn things and like I said, I don't think there's anything wrong with learning about the energy in foods and learning about the macronutrients. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a really great tool for people to be informed and learn about food literacy. But I don't think it's a be all and end all. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. It's like both, they both, you should consider both, both areas. It's not like you're one and then... It's the same issue we have with training when we're trying to say to people, look, it's not all about just killing yourself every week. You need to learn about these things. People don't want to know. They just want to go get battered, leave. Yeah, keeping keeping reps in reserve. We talked about, you know, the fatigue versus muscle muscle gains. It's almost negligible but if you're not crawling out the gym you feel like you haven't had a good workout yeah, and again it's not the sexy answer telling people that it's going to take two years to completely recomp your body <laughs> but again yeah. it's basically this is just an advert for both of us come see us as pts go see rachel yeah. uh, as a dietitian we'll just do it non-sexy but very real <laughs> yeah. answers we're non-sexy but we work <laughs> <laughs> yeah. exactly like that uh should we have a market there tom yeah <laughs> I'm more of a lion bar man. I don't know about you, Tom. Every time I get a twix, swore. <laughs> lion bar. Two fingers. <laughs> <laughs> Tom's here every that week. Was good. That was that was a good one, mate. So this week's mediation. Um, so Rachel, if if you're not familiar, uh, each week I do a little little uh, almost a couples counselling activity with with Andy and Nat. Uh, just try and figure out, um, you know, how they how they're feeling. And um, I've not read um, the brief. We've uh, <laughs> yeah, we've uh, we don't we don't always succeed. It usually ends with Andy saying some questionable things. But um, <laughs> I thought I'd, I thought I'd, I'd, I'd jump you in on this, and we could we could all take a little look at um, our answers. And you know, I think it'll it'll speak some volumes. So um, so this week, I thought we would do what would you cook for someone if they blank. And what I want you to do, I want you to answer what you would prepare or, or you know, potentially buy if you're not any good in the kitchen um, and, and give to them okay. if, if X scenario. Yeah, exactly. Okay. okay. So the first scenario, we'll start with you, Rachel. Uh, what would you cook for someone if they were annoyed at you? <laughs> oh. Yeah. Um... What's, what's what's the How redeeming? If, if they were annoyed at you, or if you were annoyed at them? If they they were annoyed at you, okay. what are you what are you cooking for them? 
I'd probably really p- be really passive aggressive and pretend it was their fault. <laughs> <laughs> anything and wait for them to come and apologise, or or I do a batch of cookies actually, batch of cookies. That's, 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 that's a win in doubt. It's it's a winner. People can't stay mad at you if you make them cookies. Mm. Exactly. Absolutely. <laughs> nah, how about you? Um, I don't know. Probably. Most nights, by the way. What? You cook for me every night. <laughs> Most nights. I don't know, like a big, like carby, like pasta bake or Whoa. something. <laughs> I'd go for a Jalfrezi extra hot. <laughs> what? <laughs> Make them more are you, annoyed. Are you trying to sabotage yeah. uh, certain elements of their body chemistry, mate? Yeah. <laughs> if Rachel's annoyed me, I'd uh, make those little crispy fried potatoes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Cut into cubes. <laughs> exactly. There you go. And she's done. Um, all right, Andy. We'll start with you on this one. What would you cook for someone if they were hungover? Ooh. Probably full English. Well, English yeah. is, is that what I see? Guys, I think we're, we're realizing it. This, this being a largely focused on diet episode, we're talking about if you're annoyed, if you're hungover, and we're always going with really <laughs> heavy calorie, yeah. greasy <laughs> food. English. When you're when you're when, smoking, when, when you're hungover. Yeah. And Nat, how about you? Um, yeah, I think Scott. like a good a good bread, like a thick bread, like a thick. sourdough. Mm. Yeah. A, uh, with, anything with or are you just yeah, giving someone a loaf orange, of bread no like a good <laughs> egg an orange egg see how she's yeah. making it healthy percent. no it's just what yeah. I fancy yeah ton of avocado that's mm-hmm. what I like yeah nice fried egg thick yeah. bread breads, man. thick yeah, bread that sounds, that sounds nice how, how about you Rachel yeah, I think I'd go bready, like something basic, like cheese on toast. Nice, love that. Oh, I haven't heard cheese on toast for years. Cheese on toast. All the nostalgia coming back. <laughs> Welsh rabbit or rabbit. Rabbit, mate. That's the one. Um, okay, and the last one, which I think will speak some volumes. Uh, what would you cook for someone if they had a crush on you? Rachel. Would you know they had a crush on you? You you do in this in this scenario. So it's almost like a like a seductive meal. Like you you. you so tra- do I have a crush on them also? Um, mm. I'll say yes. Uh, I tell you what, give me two answers. Give me one if you've got a crush on them also, and give me another answer if you're trying to let them down gently. <laughs> okay, if I'm trying to let them down gently, it would probably probably be something like um, maybe like a, just a salad. Yeah. <laughs> That's not gentle. <laughs> wet, wet lettuce. And then wet. If I also had a crush, do you know what? I think I would just get a takeaway, take yeah. the pressure off. Bang on, exactly. It's not yeah, your fault if, 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 if it's not nice. Yeah, fair game. I, I, I like that plan. Nat, how about you? Um, Both answers, same, I, same again. Yeah, I probably just wouldn't give them anything. <laughs> <laughs> just walk through to the dining room, open the cloches, <laughs> and there's nothing. <laughs> don't, want, don't want to lead them on. <laughs> and um, if we'd, if, yeah, if there was a crush... Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I would do. I think I'd go like dessert, mm-hmm. and I would do um, like a banoffee pie or something like that. Ooh, make them sweet sick. and dessert. Ooh, make them sick. <laughs> <laughs> and how about you, Andy? Are you going to say a barbecue? I was going to say a barbecue because generally, once they've eaten that, they fall in love with me. Yes, it's just what happens. Isn't and it? then if I wanted to, if I wanted to let them down, I'll take them for a Turkish because it's not quite as good. <laughs> 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 Hi, 
very, very much for listening to the More Than Muscle podcast. Uh, we're released every single Thursday, so make sure you tune in, hit the bell, all that good stuff. Uh, Rachel, you have uh, something called A Journey to Fullness coming out soon, or is it out at the moment? It literally came out last week. Amazing. So do you want to tell us a little bit about that as well? Um, so it's just a 16-week program, uh, which is all online to support individuals to um, experience food freedom and to make peace with their bodies. Sounds incredible. Go check it out, everyone. Uh, find us on the socials. It's Max.Fitness, PT Andy Polides, PT Nat Sylvester, and Rachel, I haven't rehearsed your Instagram uh, handle, so do you want to hit us with that as well? I think yeah, it's just Rachel and Hobbs, I think. There we are. Nice, Done. clean and simple. <laughs> Thank you guys very much, and uh, see you next week. Bye-bye. Yep. Thanks, Rachel. Thank you, Rachel. Thanks for having me. Bye.